Hey, this is Dan dialing in a Hacker Public Radio a little late. No excuses, I'm lame. But anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about boot prompt parameters, stuff you can pass to the kernel through a uh, uh, boot prompt. And uh, before we do that, let's take a quick review of what we talked about already regarding bootloaders, which would be primarily the way that you would pass information to the kernel upon boot. So we talked about in the past two major main bootloaders. One was Grub and the other was Lilo. And of course Grub is the bootloader of the gods. We all remember that from my previous episode. Uh, now, Lilo and uh, Grub both get installed typically into the master boot record or into the uh, boot or root of your uh, boot portion of your file system, uh, your partition, uh, whatever you want to make bootable. Again, it could be a separate boot partition, or it could be just your root partition, and it, it installs itself into the first 512 bytes right there of that partition. Now, if you're going to install Lilo or Grub into a partition as opposed to the master boot record, you are going to need an, uh, another bootloader in a master boot record that could uh, I initiate the bootloading process from that said partition to kick in Lilo or Grub at that point. Uh, in Grub terms, it's called chain loading, which uh, you could chain load and allow you to kick into the boot partition and you'll be golden and good to go. Uh, anyway, Grub, Lilo, Again, the deficiencies between uh, from Lilo compared to Grub is that you have to be careful to initialize Lilo anytime you make a change, and that's going to also be important. That if you want any of your boot parameters that you save in your Lilo.com file to take effect, you're going to have to rerun Lilo after you edit your Lilo.com. Uh, the Grub menu.lst file you will not have to edit uh, or reinitialize Grub after you edit; it automatically pulls it up. It's not a problem. So that's uh, another win for Grub right there. Now, let's talk about boot parameters and what you would actually use boot parameters for. Boot parameters, there are basically two types. Uh, one either gets passed to the kernel or it gets passed to a driver or a module. Um, now, Let's let's not call it a module at this point. Let's call it a driver because uh, when you th when I think of modules, I think of of modules that are not compiled into the kernel, um, but are separate and get called during uh, the boot up process, or you call them manually later on down the line. Anyway, uh, you can't pass parameters, or you don't pass parameters to modules, so to speak, that are not compiled into kernel. You only pass those to drivers or modules that are compiled into the kernel. Um, so you pass boot parameters to the kernel, um, to the driver that's compiled into the kernel. Uh, you can also pass information to the init process or to change the init process. Again, uh, the boot prompt allows you to pass this information. If you're passing it to a driver, uh, you're going to specify just like any other boot parameter. Uh, we've already looked at some boot parameters to begin with when we talked about the different image settings, particularly for Linux in Lilo and Grub. One of those was the RO for read-only. One of them was root equals for specifying the root device. And... Uh, 
there's other parameters like no ACPI and a few other things. You could pass init equals to change the init uh, program that runs instead of running the init application. You could change it to bin.sh, and we'll cover that in just a minute. Uh, now, when you are going to specify a boot prompt parameter, a uh, couple guidelines you need to follow. One, there are no spaces in the argument, so it's going to be uh, RO for read only or init equals slash sbin slash init. There would be no spaces, it would be just all one line. You do not put any spaces uh, inside each argument that you pass. Every argument must be separated by a comma, and you don't need to pass spaces in between those. So it would be uh, init equals slash sbin slash init comma root equals slash dev slash hda2 there would be no spaces at all in between there you don't want to put any spaces in there um, now you can s well we'll cover this in a minute anyway uh, each argument can s accept up to 10 integers uh, integer arguments or you know 10 different values plus one string so just be aware of that I really don't foresee anybody ever getting to the point of needing more than 10 integers for each argument uh, subsequently is if you need more than 10 you could just you know recall that same argument with the rest of the integers or parameters that you want to add so you know you probably never ever need to use more than 10 um, okay so how are parameters sorted now there of course we talked about there's stuff that goes to the kernel there's stuff that can go to a driver there's stuff that you could pass to the boot time to change something like init what gets run at boot time um, so basically the way it does is it processes uh, the parameters and it looks for a special command some of those special commands include uh, specifying rather rather to mount the root file system um, start the first mount to be read-write or read-only, or whether we are passing a root file, you know, saying the root partition is this. That's a special command. That gets processed first. Um, if it's not a special command, it looks to see if it's a setup function for a, a device or the kernel specifically. Um, if it finds it something like no ACPI, so it doesn't initialize... Uh, I'm sorry. If you were passing, like... Back in the day when I was creating a router off of a 486, I had two network cards in there. And to specify which network card I wanted to be, uh, the ETH0 device or ETH1, I, I believe these were ISA cards, I had to pass to them the IO address uh, and the IRQ address right off the bat. So it would be like IO equals 0x110 and uh, I think it was interrupt equals 3, whatever the values were for that card, so that it would assign via the uh, module that was compiled into the kernel, it would assign the device that matches that to ETH0. So that was kind of passing that, uh, passing a, a parameter off to a module. Um, if it's not something for the kernel or the module, it checks to see if it's an environmental variable, variable uh, in the form of something equals something. Um, and if that's not the case, it passes whatever's left to the init application. Uh, for instance, if you were to type in uh, the name of your kernel and single or 
specify an init run level of one, two, or three. That one, two, or three we get passed directly to the kernel. Now remember, uh, something like init equals slash bin slash sh would be an environmental variable being passed, so it wouldn't run. That would be like on a third step. It wouldn't necessarily pass that information in it because it wouldn't run in it. Um, so it's just to be aware of that. Uh, now, once you get the system up and booted, you can actually check what boot parameters were passed to the kernel and everything to your system by looking in the directory looking in the proc directory at a file called cmd line command line that will show you the boot parameters passed to the kernel at boot up time now I'm on my triple E PC right now and if I go and look at my my uh, if I cap my command line file I see that what was passed to the kernel at boot time as boot parameters were the quiet uh, read write VGA equals 785 which specifies a VGA mode IRQ poll and then root equals slash dev slash SDA specifying uh, dev slash SDA and you might say well Dan what do some of those mean um, where do I find out what kind of boot parameters I pass? Well, that's a great question. There's a couple of different places you could look. Okay, so let's let's re let's go back, take a quick look at the boot parameters that were passed to the Triple E PC. Again, the first one that we came upon was quiet. Now, what quiet means is do not pass or disable log messages. Uh, do not enable logging for the kernel so it disables logging messages nothing gets logged uh, that's quiet alright now read write again if you recall when the system boots up it will first mount the root partition read write or read only or whatever this specifies to the kernel it was specified the right read root to mount it read write uh, VGA equals 785 that's an environmental parameter that says to uh, set the mode for VGA to 785 um, what that actually means there's a nice little uh, usually in a write up in the grub menu list or I believe uh, on the Wikipedia and the uh, how to boot parameter how to specifies what those modes are and what I can tell you about 785 is so if you look in, in that file I specified we're, we're saying that we're looking at 785 and what 785 says to do is to set the frame buffer resolution VGA mode to uh, 64k and at 640 by 480 screen resolution so it's uh, a little higher than 16. It's 64,000 kilobytes, 64k. Uh, now, if we wanted to go 800 by 600 at 64k, we would specify 788. Uh, a setting of 795 would be 1280 by 1024 at 16 megabit color, 16 megabit color, uh, 60 million colors. So, you know, that's pretty simple right there. Again, you could probably find that in your grub menu list or uh, on the boot parameter how-to. Now, the, the next one we have is IRQ poll. 
IRQ poll will force the kernel to search for all handlers for an interrupt that uh, that it finds that is not handled. So it'll it'll pull the IRQ for that. And finally, the last parameter is root equals dev sda1. So it sets the root to uh, the device um, SCSI disk A partition one. So it's the first SCSI disk uh, on the root partition. Now. Where can you find a lot of this information? Uh, what boot parameters that you can pass? Well, you're going to have to cull some of this uh, from different resources. One, you can uh, rack your brains out trying to pick through the sources for the module or, or kernel um, section of the kernel that you, you want to uh, reconfigure or pass a parameter to. Uh, you might find it in the, the top of the source code. You might find it in the middle. You might find it at the end. Uh, it's really difficult to find a lot of these things in the source code, unfortunately, um, which is why the kernel-parameters.txt file in the kernel documentation is a godsend for a lot of this stuff. It is a, a wonderful utility. Uh, if you have your kernel sources, you uh, go into the documentation and look at the file kernel-parameters.txt, and that'll list uh, uh, probably the majority of the prompt boot prompt parameters that you can pass uh, and what they mean and some of the different values that you could uh, pass to them. Uh, read the uh, how-to, the kernel boot prompt how-to is a, a great place to look at some of the more common parameters that one might pass and uh, it's, it's a fairly old document that gets updated with some frequency so a lot of the information in there while some of it may not be applicable to modern systems uh, is still still very valuable and will give you a, an idea as to what you need to do and of course you know if you're having a problem with your system uh, look at the forums uh, mailing lists for uh, the distribution that you're using and chances are there may be something if you're having a problem booting that you or hardware being detected properly that you could pass to the boot prompt to assist this. Now I said to you uh, before that if the module is not compiled into the kernel that you wouldn't pass parameters to it and uh, that, is, that is true there's a different way of passing parameters to modules that haven't been compiled into the kernel. Uh, we're going to cover that at another time, but you know, just a little nugget of, of information for you that you can take away is uh, there's a couple of different files depending on the, the system, how your system is handling this. Uh, there used to be a file called uh, modules.conf or conf.modules that was handled. Uh, Slackware used to use that. I think it still does actually. Um, the rc.modules file would uh, call that modules.conf or Slackware's rc.modules file had a list of all the different modules that it would probe for and you can uncomment a section in there like if you had a certain sound card you can uncomment that and uh, it would automatically probe for that card using the values there uh, you can call them manually using the uh, mod probe or the ins mod command mod probe is better to use uh, so you you wouldn't pass those parameters off to the modules now of course there's other systems like uh, udev uh, that handle some of this in the hot plugging where you would specify the different parameters uh, in their configuration files, but those are for another day. So today we just talked briefly about the Linux 
um, boot prompt and what stuff you could pass there. Uh, a few other things I want to want to reiterate to you is that if you hose your system, uh, you can't get into it. You forget the root password or something. Sometimes you can get back into it and, and fix your system by booting into the single user mode, which would be the name of your kernel, and then you could pass either the number one or sometimes it allows you to go in there by typing in single, S-I-N-G-L-E, and it'll boot into user uh, single user mode, and you can do stuff like um, run FSCK on your disk, fix your, uh, you know, do a partition check, get into uh, stuff. Now, a lot of distributions these days, modern distributions, require you to log in as root. It provides a root password to get into the uh, single-user mode. So if you forgot your root password, you're going to have to go in there another way um, and wipe out the, your root password or change it by editing the uh, password file from another distribution. Uh, anyway, that being said, you could also pass, you'll get into single-user mode by passing init equals uh, slash bin slash sh, and that will pull up a shell instead of running in it and allow you to uh, run a bash shell just like that. So that is basically the uh, boot prompt how-to. And uh, if you have any questions, email me at dan at the linuxlink.net. And if you have any comments, either post in the comment section on uh, Hacker Public Radio or send me the comments, dan at the linuxlink.net. I wish you a wonderful day. And thank you for your patience on this, and I hope it wasn't too choppy and, and, and disjointed. Have a great one, and enjoy your happy hacking. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.